Clippers Daily with Jason Mertides. Another all-new episode of Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. Uh, interesting episode as player profiles continue, and we'll get to the player profile of one of the additions that Chuck Fletcher made at the trade deadline. Of course, he grabbed Nate Thompson and Derek Grant. Derek Grant is the subject of this episode's player profile. Hasn't played a tremendous amount of games for the Flyers, only seven. Uh, but oddly enough, that is not the least amount of games that he played for one of the seven franchises in his career. So we'll get to that in just a moment. Also, I uh, have a conversation to, to let you hear uh, with Wyatt Wiley, one of the signees of a contract, his entry-level contract. Uh, this uh, Just during this pause, Chuck Fletcher made the three signings in that one week with Tanner Lasinski, who was at Ohio State for four years, then also Wade Allison, who was at Western Michigan, and also Wyatt Wiley coming from the Everett Silver Tips, signs his entry-level contract as well. So we'll talk to him on the back half of this episode. Before we get to the player profile of Derek Grant and Wyatt Wiley, I had a chance to catch up with Flyers assistant coach Michelle Terrian, talking about joining the Philadelphia Flyers, working with Elaine Vigno, Mike Yo, and this coaching staff, and being in Philadelphia so here's my conversation with Michelle Terrian. Joining us right now on Flyers Daily, very happy to have him. Uh, Flyers assistant coach Michelle Terrian joining us. Michelle, how are you? I'm very good, thank you. How about, how about yourself? Well, we're all hanging in there, and it's, and it's been obviously a very different kind of situation. None of us have gone through this. I know you're back uh, in Montreal right now. What's the situation uh, in Montreal, and how's it been for you dealing with this pandemic at, at such a strange time in our lifetimes? Yeah, this is um, something pretty unique, uh, to be uh, quite honest. And uh, uh, I'm sure uh, we we face some of the same the same thing here in Montreal. Uh, we try to be really careful. We try to be safe. That's that's the, the number one thing. And uh, this is our, all our focus. It's our, when you're watching the news, uh, we ask people to stay home and. Uh, Everything is still closed, so uh, you're allowed to go out. I'm sure, like, uh, like in Philly, you do your grocery and uh, those type of stuff, but otherwise, people stay home as much as, most as they can. How's it been for you to kind of, you know, you guys just, all of a sudden, you just stop. Uh, you know, it happens. You guys are on the road in Tampa, and you find out no game tonight, and you guys come home the next day, which was March 13th. But how is that for you to kind of just all of a sudden – turn your brain into, okay, we're not playing, and we don't know when we're going to play or get back together. Yeah, that, that, that's – no one says that before. So um, uh, we got kind of a, a sense of what's, what's going to happen the, the night before when the NBA, and the NBA announced that uh, uh, they were canceling uh, – they were stopping the, the, all the games. So we kind of had that little feeling. But uh, that Thursday, I woke up early, finishing, preparing my meeting, and uh, because I was meeting the players at 11 o'clock for the power play, and we received uh, an email around 9.30 that we're not allowed to uh, to meet uh, the players, so we kind of were waiting for um, the next news, and they were, they were telling us that around 1.30, 2 o'clock, they will let us know what's going on. And uh, to, be, to be quite honest, in the morning, and when I received that email, I went outside and I saw the, uh, the referee was leaving. And uh, he told me that uh, the league told them to try to find a flight and go back home as soon as you can. So, so 
So I got out the fence early in the morning that we were not going to play that night. And uh, it was a long day because we have to stay there. Uh, we, we fight back the next day. And uh, it's a weird feeling. Like uh, everyone was pretty quiet and uh, because, you know, it's like we were all disappointed. And and uh, and we still at the same point that uh, we, when we left Tampa, you know, so uh, thing was going well for us. Uh, guys were uh, excited, and uh, and when they heard the news, I know a lot of guys were really disappointed because they 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 believe uh, in, in themselves, and that uh, a lot of good things was happening to us. Guys were working hard and buying to the to the plan buying to uh, the way uh, to the system. So, uh, hey, what we're going to do, you know, there's nothing we can do. So just have to wait and see what the league's going to do. Yeah, and that unknown component of this is maybe the hardest thing for a lot of people. Obviously, what's going on in the world is is very, very, very sad. And we hope that they get this pandemic under control. We can get the game back on the ice. More on that in a moment. Um, but uh, t- talk about this coaching staff that you're a part of, you know, three former head coaches, along with uh, Ian LePerriere as well, and Kim Dillabaugh, Mike Yo was a, a bench boss. You, you've had three head coaching stops as well, all in the Eastern Conference, two with Montreal and one with Pittsburgh. Uh, and uh, working with Elaine Vigneault, what's it been like, the dynamic uh, between, uh, in particular, you, Mike Yo and uh, Elaine Vigneault, how has that been for you? Well, it's been really great. You know what? Uh, 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 it clicked with every, every everyone clicked together. Uh, when Alay uh, asked me to join him, uh, when he got the job in Philly, uh, it's not it's not because I I would not doing it with with everyone going back as an assistant coach because I was been a head coach, mm-hmm. but there was a few guys in the league that would do it because. Uh, relationship being friends, you know, or working together in the past. And uh, that's why I accept to work with AD. Uh, we want to have our last, we see it like it's their last chance at uh, to, to try to win a Stanley Cup. We're there to win a Stanley Cup. And, uh, and we both went to the finals and we both not end up winning the Stanley Cup. So when you're looking at resume, there's a little something missing in in a resume. So we want to we want to be part of a team that we were thinking that uh, we had a chance to win the Stanley Cup, and uh, and uh, uh, we we you don't know what if, if it's going to happen this year if we want to play again. But that was the main goal, and Ev uh, uh, was looking for uh, uh, to bring another guy and. Uh, Mike Yule was available. I worked with Mike Yule for seven years. He was my assistant coach in Wicksbury American Hockey League. He moved on with me in, uh, in Pittsburgh. So uh, I know the guy really well, and I know he would have been a great fit. And uh, we, we met each other. They talked you know, on the phone, and uh, and uh, Mike uh, joined the joint her staff and uh, so uh, for me for sure I'm still really comfortable to be surrounded uh, a guy that I know really well it really helped my transition from head coach to be an assistant coach because our goals are two good friends and uh, didn't know much about Lappy and he's a flyer he's a hard working guy you know so 
and Kim's the same thing, you know. So uh, there's a really good chemistry with the coaching staff, and uh, and I think that the players, I think they see that. I think they really see that we mean business. Whatever win, and uh, I think the players uh, respond really well. It's really funny because yeah, you say that, and you know, I, in my limited interaction, you know, down where I work, down by the locker room, and you know, doing interviews off ice and stuff, and seeing you guys as a coaching staff and and all the different members, it, it really seems like there is. You, you guys are, are working hard. You got the goal, and and you're there for business, but you're enjoying each other's company as well. And I think that's important, isn't it? It's, it's crucial. I think this is the the most crucial thing about the chemistry and the chemistry with uh, the people that you work with. Without chemistry, I think you could feel it. I think it's really important. And we had that chemistry uh, uh, right away, right from the get-go. When and, uh, uh, when Mike, you and Mike didn't know AV, but uh, I told I told, I told Yosey, I said, uh, you know what, uh, you're going to appreciate AV. He, uh, He's a good coach. He's a good person. He's a good guy to work with, and uh, so uh, that's why, for me, I was really excited when uh, Av, you know, uh, brought brought Mike Hill, and so uh, uh, because I got such a long, it's got a long relationship. Not only working in uh, in the game with him, but being, being a really close friend. So chemistry from the coaching staff, it's uh, outstanding. Yeah, it it definitely shows the players a united front and. Take it a step further, uh, Michelle, the, the relationship between your coaching staff, players, and your front office, all those things have to be in lockstep for a team to do something special, doesn't it? Yeah, you're right. You know, it's like uh, um, I knew Chuck Fletcher um, really well. I worked with him. He was there when I was in Pittsburgh. This is where I met him. And uh, obviously, Mike uh, know him even more than me because uh, he works with. Uh, he was Mike. He was the coach of the in Minnesota, and Chuck was the the GM. So I think you know the the foundation has to be really solid. You know, talking about management and coaches, and uh, this is what we got. And I think the players they could they see it. I think they they could feel that. Uh, the foundation is really solid, and now we just have to build. Uh, Michelle, um, you coached against the Flyers for many years. As I mentioned, three head coaching stints all in the Eastern Conference. Uh, the Flyers saw Montreal quite a bit over the years, and obviously the rivalry with the Penguins, and you were there for a, a long period of time. Uh, when you look at uh, you know, maybe your perception of Philadelphia before you coached here and your perception now, What's kind of surprised you about the city of Philadelphia and, you know, being here every day and, and coaching one of the pro sports teams in a very rabid sports town? You know what? This is a great sport. This is a great sports town and this is a great hockey town. And you just look like uh, uh, you look a record at home. You know, it's like the players, they feel comfortable in, the, in their building and the fans are into it. And uh, uh, I, I feel that we got an edge when we play at home. And that's important. If you want to have success uh, with your hockey team, you need to be really, you need to be really solid at home and get that confidence that you can able to beat everyone. And the fans are a big part of it. So uh, 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 this is, uh, I knew Philly was a sports town, but I got I get to meet a lot of great people around the hockey team. 
and half the ice too. So uh, uh, it's been working really well uh, so far for us. Yeah, and uh, you guys are having, I mean, 25, 6, and 4 at home. What a home record that is. And that portends well if you yeah. get some home ice, uh, should the playoffs continue. Uh, Michelle, when you look at this team, you know, you see players, you know, coaching against them over many years. And, you know, you, you hear about the respect players have for players and coaches have for players. But when you came to the Flyers, was there a couple of guys or, you know, that you, you, you got to see up close and working with them now? And you go, wow, this guy is even better than I thought he was. He's really kind of his work ethic on and off the ice, those kind of things. Are there any examples you can cite of a, a player that you went, wow, this is even more uh, incredible, the player that this person is now that I'm here and seeing what they do a day-to-day? But there was a lot of players I didn't know, to be quite honest, like mm-hmm. like, Pro, like Provorov, you know, it's like uh, uh, it was just starting and was uh, because we got a lot of young players like Connor Harden. I saw him on TV a few games last year. Um, but if you thought guys that I knew that I coached again, uh, I always got a lot of respect for uh, her captain, Claude Giroux. And um, you know what? This guy, he, he's, a, he's a flyer. Talking about Claude Giroux, he's a flyer. He wants to win. Uh, uh, he he brings good energy to the table and, uh, in the dra- dressing room and on the ice. Uh, it's been, I didn't know him personally, but I knew the player. And the same thing with uh, uh, Couturier. Couturier really impressed me. You know, you heard a lot of good things about him in the past, but until you you see him every day, you know, it's like uh, uh, he's playing against top players game in, game out. And uh, we're fortunate to have a guy like that at 27 years old. He's at, he's at his peak of his career. and. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm being really impressed. Uh, same thing with uh, Jake. I think he really starts to pick up his game in the second half. He's a dominant player, as far as I'm concerned. So when uh, so he's he's doing things that he was not doing before. Guys really buy him about uh, one extra. Well, <coughs> I'm sorry, uh, blocking shots. So I knew those the veteran players. Uh, a little bit more than the youngest one, but uh, Niskanen in uh, a great year for us, and I knew him in the past had to play against him, but uh, it's been working well so far. Yeah, when you see a guy like, like Couturier, like in your coaches' meetings, are there players lining up outside the coaches' coaches' room to try and get on a line with that guy just because of the player that he is? I mean, I don't know if people. You know, players that play against him realize what he is shift in and shift out and game in and game out. But, boy, he can control a game from the pivot position. Yeah, he's always he's – his hockey IQ is it's outstanding. And yeah. He's always in good position. He makes the right play all the time. He's not forcing plays when you don't need to. And uh, he's strong on face-offs. And uh, – so uh, he's doing a lot of. I'm telling you, he's, he's one of the best in the league as far as I'm concerned. Uh, he doesn't have many holes in his game, so uh, uh, he's good offensively. He's outstanding defensively. It, 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 it's a tough job, you know, for him and uh, even for uh, the guys, you know, where uh, like Provi and and, and Nesky, uh, They every game they play against top players, you know. At one one game, you know, uh, tonight you play against Crosby, and the next day you play against uh, 
Ovechkin. <laughs> and you got to be on top of your game because if you're not on top of your game, for you know what, the team's gonna lose. So, uh, uh, guys like Poots, you know, uh, I'm really impressed about um, the lead, the leadership that he brings on and off the ice. Yeah, it's interesting, Michelle, because. You know, against a team like the Capitals to come out on the plus side and, like you said, dealing with every team's got a great first line, whether it's the Bruins and dealing with Patrice's Bergeron's line or Ovechkin or Crosby, you got to come out on the plus side of that. Um, real quick, let's talk about uh, this team and, and kind of you alluded to it earlier how they really bought into this system. Maybe it took a little time for them to kind of know where you guys wanted them and, and not to think on the ice and have it become instinctual. But from a coaching perspective for you guys, f- philosophically, what is it you want your forwards to really accomplish, you know, uh, shift in and shift out to dictate in the game? Well, there, there, there's two things that's really important. How are you going to manage the puck? You know, you got to play it the right way. And that's a message where we, we try to bring every day. Uh, we don't want to be a high-risk team. And uh, we have to understand – how are we going to have success? So uh, playing with the puck, uh, it's really important. And uh, defending when we don't have the puck, you know, starting with we want to be a good four-checking team. We want to be a team that it's take time and space away. Uh, we want to use our speed. So uh, uh, when you're tough to play against, when you force the opposition to make mistakes, uh, uh, you try to capitalize on their mistakes, and this is the, the foundation about what we try to accomplish as a group. You know, so uh, uh, it takes some. It, you're right. You know, it, it, it took some time. Uh, that's normal. We try to bring some new stuff, and uh, uh, but we uh, we could see uh, and what you're looking for. It's to try to get better and try to get better. Uh, every week, and uh, uh, we were patient, and he did a great job with that. So uh, um, uh, we need, we all need to be better, since uh, because we, we new coaching staff. So we were looking for uh, quality this season, and uh, but there's times during the course of the season that uh, we show a lot of good things and. I really like the way we start to play in the second half, and uh, this is where we start to play the way we wanted to play. But it's, it's a challenge every game because this league is so demanding. It's tough to win games, and uh, we we try to focus on the try to get better every week. And this is what the, this is what the guys did. Uh, Michelle, let's talk about that real quick because you guys won nine of your last 10 games uh, in that second half, as you alluded to. You guys have one of the best records, if not the best record in the entire NHL as you were ramping towards the playoffs. Now, uh, we know the league and we've heard Gary Batman, Bill Daly and several others and the players as well all want to get that cup handed out this year, whether that's some point this summer in front of fans uh, at a neutral location or not in front of fans, whatever it may be. Um, What makes you guys so dangerous in the playoffs? I know that, that your team depth is certainly one of those things, goaltending. It takes everything to have success in the playoffs. But in your opinion, what's what's the reason why you guys can really do some damage and, and kind of see this thing all the way through? Well, you, you want you, you want to approach the playoffs. You know, you want to be on the on the right curve, you know. So you, uh, you want to have that confidence that you need a little swag in your game too, you know, because uh, that's part of to be confident, but not overconfidence. 
guys got to believe in, in their cell, got to believe that, they, that we got a good team. Uh, I, I, really do, I really thought that Chuck Fletcher had two important pieces and Grant and Thompson, sometimes it's not, it's not big names, but uh, they, were, uh, they were guys that uh, uh, um, tried, they said they set really well uh, when they came with us, and uh, it, had, it had our teams a lot of depth. Uh, so uh, um, uh, we, I think since the training deadline, we were 6-1, and one and uh, and uh, we were playing some really solid hockey, and uh, the Denver team really show. So, uh, um, do are we going to have playoffs? Uh, we all hope so. And uh, it's going to take some time, though, because you know, you you want to finish the season on a positive note and attack the playoffs uh, with confidence. But right now, everything's been stopped for a month. And uh, when are we going to play? Uh, we don't know. We have no clue, you know. So uh, how, how's the players uh, gonna report? And uh, I'm sure they 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 report uh, in good shape. I mean, they're not gonna be in game shape. Uh, it takes some time. Uh, so it's gonna be a huge challenge for everyone. We're not the only team. Every team is gonna be in the same boat. So, uh, but we're gonna have more news in the next months or so. And so I'm. I, very confident with the group of leaders that we got. When we got to come back, those guys got to be ready because uh, we got great leaders in our in our group. How, how often are you communicating with uh, with your fellow coaching staff? We got to talk. You know, we, I talk to AV every two three days. Talk with Mike Yo, and yesterday we got a conference call with all the staff and management. So we try to be stay uh, on top of everything. Yeah, well, everybody's hoping. I know you are as well. Uh, to get this game back on the ice, get to get the, our world back to normal, and you know everybody to to be out of peril from this horrible pandemic and COVID nineteen. Michelle, I really appreciate yeah. you joining us, man. I really appreciate the insight that you brought here to Flyers Daily, and uh, I know everybody appreciates what you're bringing to this team as part of this coaching staff. And like you said, everybody wants to see a cup here in Philadelphia, and and you guys were uh, certainly on a good trajectory here on the season to get to get that accomplished and, and make a run at it. So uh, we hope you get back on the ice. Thanks for doing this, and I want you to stay healthy for me, all right? Thank you very much. You too, stay safe. Thanks to Michelle Terrian for joining us here on Flyers Daily. He's had uh, three different head coaching jobs in the National Hockey League, and he's been in Montreal twice. His first stint in Montreal was from the 2000 season through 2003. Uh, made the playoffs, went to the second round in his second year there. Uh, then went on to uh, be the head coach of the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins for three seasons, and then uh, took over the bench boss duties of the Pittsburgh Penguins in 05-06, and uh, went all the way up to 2008-2009. Of course, that 2008-2009 season is when Dan Bowlesma took over, and the Penguins went on to win the Stanley Cup. And then back to Montreal for a few more years. He was there for another six seasons in Montreal. Uh, got to the playoffs three of the in three of the six seasons there. Uh, and ultimately back on the market and ends up as an assistant coach. And you heard him allude to it. Uh, not, not many guys who were co- head coaches in the league are going to take an assistant job unless it's a really significant and uh, kind of interesting opportunity. And that's exactly what Elaine Vigneault uh, provided for Michelle Terrain and also another former head coach in Mike Yo, who we've talked to here on Flyers Daily as well. But interesting conversation and interesting thoughts from uh, Michelle Terrain uh, from Montreal, all dealing with this pandemic. Also, we're going to talk to Wyatt Wiley in just a couple of moments, but our player profiles continue. This time, 
with Flyer Derek Grant. I mentioned he's only played seven games for the Philadelphia Flyers. He was acquired at the trade deadline from Anaheim. And kind of an interesting way to get to the NHL. Uh, back in 07-08, played in the uh, the BCHL out in British Columbia. Uh, played out there for the Langley Chiefs for a couple of years. They had really good numbers. Then went on to play at Michigan State University for two seasons. 12 goals and 18 assists in his first year there. 30 points. And in his second year, in 2010-11, 38 games, 8 goals, and 25 assists. 33 points that season. He was taken in the fourth round by the Ottawa Senators, 119th overall back in the 08 draft. He's 29 years old. 6'3 and 206 pounds, and he's from Abbotsford, British Columbia. Also, I'm looking at his background, uh, some pretty interesting stuff. He's played for, he's been in the league now for seven years, and he's played for seven different teams. The team with the most tenure is Anaheim, and that's obviously who the Flyers got him from. He played 146 games uh, for the Ducks, 28 goals, 25 assists, and 53 points. Uh, In that time, in two years in Ottawa, uh, he played 25 games there. Also spent 15 games in uh, Calgary playing for the Flames, 40 games in Buffalo, uh, and then in Nashville for six games. And he played for the Pittsburgh Penguins for 25 games as well, uh, playing for the Penguins uh, a few years back in 2018-19. And uh, Nashville, six games there. And for the Flyers, just seven games. Now, he was brought in to play more than that, obviously, but with the pause. Uh, and in those seven games for the Flyers, he's got a goal and four assists for five points in seven games, a plus two. Uh, and 14 minutes and 16 seconds of ice time. Now, the other thing about Derek Grant you got to consider, too, and when you look at his numbers and you look at what he brings to the table, he can kill penalties. He's a guy that can play a couple of different positions. He's a good face-off guy as well. Uh, this year, combined, about a 53.5% uh, face-off guy, so he can give you some draws, uh, specifically on one side of the ice defensively, where he's stronger, and, and he's a guy that can provide you a lot of the, the little things that you need to have success in the playoffs. Do you want him playing up in your top six? No. Uh, but he's a guy that certainly can play in your bottom six and fill a bunch of different needs wherever you can put him, whoever he can find chemistry with. And you saw that in the limited amount of games that he did play. In those seven games, you saw some good offensive ability. You saw a lot of good defensive ability, uh, a good hockey IQ. And all told in this season, in 56 games, he's got 15 goals and 10 assists. So uh, not bad. 25 points for Derek Grant. He's in the final year of his contract. He's uh, he actually only signed a one-year deal for seven hundred thousand. So he is an unrestricted free agent after this season, and we'll see what Chuck Fletcher decides to do with a player like Derek Grant when the offseason comes, if that's after a playoff or uh, if that comes uh, prematurely uh, with the season coming to an end. We'll find out. Uh, but he's one of those guys that uh, is not going to cost you a lot of money, but can provide a lot of a lot of things that you need and some veteran leadership as well. Uh, but with the Flyers having so many young guys on the rise, guys like Morgan Frost and others. Um, it may not be a situation where Derek Grant does come back. It wasn't um, a trade for the long term. It was a trade for a playoff push and bring in a guy that can help kill penalties and also obviously help this team take those steps in the playoffs uh, to really progress through a couple of rounds and, and see if they can do some damage and go on a real legit run. That's why you add veteran players like Derek Grant and like Nate Thompson, and you don't take anything away from your roster in doing so. So uh, good on Chuck Fletcher for the move. We'll see if it pays even more dividends, if he can play more beyond that seven games he's played so far. Player profiles will continue next week. We're going to talk to uh, Shane Gostisbehar is our player profile on Monday. Another defender, Robert Haig, is going to join us on Wednesday, and the player profile of Tyler Tyler Pitlick will be on Friday. Jake Voracek, Phil Myers, and Claude Giroux the following week. Brian Elliott, Ivan Provorov, and Kevin Hayes after that. And we'll hope that hockey is going to start here relatively soon. Some news uh, from the NHL as well. Uh, there, it, it seems pretty uh, steadfast that they're going to do everything they can to get this playoff in. 
Um, but Gary Bettman has been on the record that they are going to push this as far as they can push it. And even said, and this is something I have not mentioned in a previous episode, that they could take the playoffs conceivably September and all the way through October and then start in late November for another season, close to December, and really stretch that all the way to the end of June next year and then get back on the normal schedule on the following season after that. One of the recent signees of an entry-level contract for the Philadelphia Flyers was Wyatt Wiley. They drafted Wiley in the fifth round, 127th overall, back in the 2018 NHL draft. He spent the last five years playing in Everett for the Silver Tips. Yeah, that's where Carter Hart played. He played with them there a bit, and he'll uh, speak on that as well. Uh, but Wyatt Wiley, in his last two seasons, 67 games uh, in 2018-19, 11 goals, 36 assists for 47 points. Mind you, he is a defenseman. 62 games this past season. Their season was cut short. 14 goals, 50 assists for 64 points, so more than a point-per-game defender playing in the WHL, and he joins us right now on Flyers Daily. Here's my conversation with Wyatt Wiley. And joining us right now on Flyers Daily, a recent signee of an NHL contract, this pro contract, Wyatt Wiley joins us right now. Wyatt, how you doing? I'm doing great, thanks. Man, it's been a crazy time. I, I know your junior season got cut short, everybody's season got cut short. What's it like kind of uh, to turn off the faucet, you know, it, when you're so used to going, going, going throughout an entire hockey season and all of a sudden, boom, you can't show up to the rinks? Yeah, it's, it's definitely tough, um, you know, but all of us understand, you know, the severity of what's going on right now. And um, it's tough, you know, right before playoffs. I mean, the most exciting time of the year, you know, for it to, you know, just get shut down like that. So it's definitely a tough situation, but we all understand. What are you trying to do? Are you trying to do things to stay in shape? And how do you accomplish that when, you know, you can't get to a rink? I mean, there's only so much you can do at home. What are you doing to try and, you know, keep your physical conditioning? Or are you just kind of decompressing right now? No, I am definitely trying to keep my uh, conditioning up and stuff like that. I obviously took a little bit of a, you know, week off right after the season. But then I've been doing runs and at-home workouts, obviously, as much as you can. Not as good as a gym, but. You know, you got to stay in shape as much as you can. It, you get out of hockey shape really quick, don't you? It's a different kind yeah, of condition. Yeah, definitely. That's, <laughs> yeah, because, you know, nothing's the same as skating on ice. So, you know, it's definitely tough that way, but you got to do what you can for sure. Um, how did you feel like uh, your last season went? I mean, you played in 62 games. You had 64 points. Great numbers as a defenseman. Even more staggering. Yeah, I mean, we, we had a great team this year, and, you know, that's the tough part to get past is, you know, we didn't get the opportunity in playoffs to, you know, show everybody that. I mean, we had a great year as a team, and um, I obviously give credit to my teammates for, you know, my success, and they helped a lot in that. And um, I just, yeah, it sucks to not be able to, you know, go as far as we could in playoffs. Yeah, you want to try and culminate the season. Um, you grew up in Everett, and you play for the Everett Silvertips. What's it been like playing for your hometown team? Yeah, uh, that's been something I just – it's the most special thing to me. Um you know, I get to play in front of my family every night and um, obviously live at home. And it was just, you know, it really helped with just playing junior hockey to my best. No distractions, nothing like that. So it was, it was very nice. Yeah, to not have a billet family and, and to have to go through, you know, that kind of uncertainty, especially as a young guy. I mean, you've been playing uh, forever since, you know, basically you were 16 years old. What has the whole junior experience been like for you as you kind of gone year to year? I mean, your first year, you end up with 10 points, all assists. Year two, 
you know, you end up with 31 points in 72 games, 47 points in 67 games, and this year in 62 games, 64 points. You've grown every year. How's that evolution been through uh, playing the WHL? Yeah, um, you know, definitely the WHL is a development league, and, and they definitely strive to, you know, better their players every year. And, and I definitely noticed that. I mean, with the coach, all the way from the coaching staff, you know, to players, everybody wants to win. Everybody wants to get better. So um, that's definitely been a huge part. Um, my teammates have helped so much and obviously the coaches throughout the years that I've had um, have just been wonderful. So, um, If you look back, when did you kind of know that you were different than maybe some of the other kids that you grew up playing with? Now you're, you're in a pretty hockey rich area there and in Everett and great, uh, you know, tier one youth programs and AAA and playing that kind of stuff. But, but when you look back, was, was there a particular year where you kind of knew that, Hey, I might be able to really make a run at this, make a living play in this game. Yeah, it wasn't so much like knowing compared to the other players. It's just I knew what I wanted and I knew that it was going to take work and sacrifice when I was younger. And, you know, sometimes I had to go to the gym instead of go hang out with some friends or something like that. So um, I definitely took that in. And and this is what I've dreamed about and what I've always wanted since I was really young. So I, I knew that the work had to be put in and, and it's just getting started. So did um when did you get real serious? Was it, was it in Bantam where you started to get serious to midget? Yeah, um, definitely probably around Bantam. I would, I would think back, um, you know, I just started to really understand that that was when the work, you know, hard work was everything. And, and, um, you know, I just started there and put, put the effort in and put the time in and made sure that I was doing what I could to, you know, at least get noticed. So, um, you sign your, your entry-level deal, three-year contract. What's that moment like when you put pen to paper and you sign your first professional contract? Yeah, it was absolutely surreal to me. Um, I was just – I was so happy. I couldn't stop smiling because, um, you know, it's something I've worked for for the last three years and since I've been in the WHL. And I knew coming to the WHL that that's what I wanted to do and in this league would help me get there. And I just needed to put in the work and, and stay humble and just, and do everything I could to, you know, get noticed. And for that to happen, uh, it just, it was, it was amazing. Let me take you back to June of 2018. Um, when you found out you got drafted, you're drafted in the fifth round, 127th overall. I imagine that's another one of those, you know, mile markers on, on the road to being a professional player. That was pretty special for you and your family. Yeah, for sure. Um, that was the first, you know, any any situation like that that my family's ever been through, um, that was the first one. And um, it was just special for our whole family and special for me. Um, I, we were all so happy and so excited. And we had never done anything like that. So it was all new to all of us. And um, I had actually lived in Dallas for a year. So we were there with my billet family. We got to, you know, celebrate with them. And uh, it was very exciting. Uh, you got to play with Carter Hart and Everett as well. Have you uh, kept in touch with him and had conversations about what that leap is like about going from uh, the WHL and, and major junior into, uh, you know, being a professional player? Yeah, I have kept in touch a little bit with him, but I have not had that conversation yet. Um, I do plan on having, you know, a talk with him and just seeing how he's doing about everything, how it's going on. And obviously he's playing amazing right now. So whatever he's doing is working. So. Hey, you got to keep it going. Um, you know, talking to Chuck Fletcher over, you know, the time uh, since you've been drafted and talking to the, you know, the front office, whether that's Brent Flair or development coaches, what do they want you to work on this summer as you get, get to, ready to head in for your first pro camp? 
Yeah, um, I definitely think, you know, I got to get bigger and stronger and um, obviously work on my skating. And, you know, there's you got to always improve in any situation, every part of your game. And because at the next level, there's there's a lot of guys that are better than you. And um, so you got to, you know, you can never sit back. You got to keep getting better at uh, every part of your game. When uh, you think about Philadelphia and you grew up all the way on the other coast in, in Everett, Washington, and spent so much of your time out there. Now you did spend a year, as you mentioned in Dallas, and I don't know if you know anything about Philadelphia, but we hate everything about Dallas in the city. Um, but that being said, uh, what's your impressions of Philadelphia from afar? Well, um, you know, the couple of times I've have been there for, you know, development camp, training camp, um, I've absolutely loved it around there. The area is beautiful. And um, for what I've seen so far, I've loved it. So, um, you know, there's definitely obviously good parts and bad parts as there is everywhere in the world. So, um, but the places I've been, I've absolutely loved and the fans are amazing there already. And uh, it's just a great place to be. When you look at this Flyers team now, I don't know how closely you can monitor that when you're in a season, you got your own hockey and your business to take care of. Uh, but, you, you know, you see this team that really jumped back into the forefront of the top teams in the NHL. Um, what have you noticed about this team? And, you know, you, you got a lot of good young defenders here and um, really kind of, you know, with, led by Ivan Provorov and Travis Sanheim. Um, this is a blue line that's a tough one to crack, but if you can crack it, you, you're in a really good position. Yeah, definitely. I've been following them this year as much as I could, obviously, with my season going on. But um, it's it's awesome to see them doing as well as they did this year. And, um, they definitely turned it around and um, they've been having such a great year and it sucks obviously with the stuff going around right now because they had a good chance of playoffs and hopefully, you know, that starts back up. And yeah, to see the, the decor as good as they are and to be a part of that right now and, and hopefully crack that soon. Um, you know, it's just an honor and I'm just ready to put the work in. Um, growing up, who was the team that you rooted for? You're kind of in a really free agent land, you know? Yeah, I didn't really have a uh, certain team. I, I liked all the teams. I just had a favorite player, um, Ovechkin. So I obviously watched the Caps a lot, but I definitely did, I didn't really have a favorite team. I kind of watched all my teams. So. so so what would that mean to be on the ice, you know, playing against a guy like Ovi? Because he's not going to hang it up anytime soon. He'll score 50 until he's 50. Um, just He's <laughs> a Russian machine. So what would that what would yeah. that be like for you, that moment playing against him? Uh, I just, you know, I'd, I'd kind of be, you know, shook for a second and just <laughs> mesmerized for a second because it'd be awesome to see him. But then, you know, obviously, it, it, you'd have to be humble and, you know, just play your game and, and that's how it is. That's a business. Wyatt, uh, camp will come hopefully on time. Um, if the off season is interrupted in any kind of way, and it certainly could be or things could get pushed back, um, we all know that. Um, but going into to camp, um, what do you want to show this coaching staff of Elaine Vigneault and Chuck Fletcher as the GM and, and everybody in the Flyers that, that you can do this this fall when you get into, get into training camp and, and open up some eyes? Yeah, I definitely you know, I want to show them that um, I, I'm, I can do the little things and I put in the work and I'm, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to make it. So I definitely want to show them that. And, you know, I'm, I'm not going in thinking I'm somebody else. I'm just going in and working my hardest and, and doing everything I can um, to show them that. Well, Wyatt, uh, congratulations on signing the contract and uh, your first pro contract. And hopefully things calm down with the pandemic soon enough and we can get the game back on the ice and get you guys training and getting everything back in order. So 
you can come into camp in the fall and have a great camp. I appreciate you doing this, and best of luck to you. Thanks so much. Well, even though the NHL pause kind of stopped everything from the for the Flyers from a playing standpoint, Chuck Fletcher did get to work pretty soon there after the pause and got uh, three of his uh, uh, prospects under contract to their entry-level deals, Tanner Lasinski, also Wyatt Wiley, who we just heard from, and Wade Allison. So uh, Chuck Fletcher uh, making the most of the time away from playing games and got three of his guys signed, and uh, we'll see what they're able to do in their development as it continues towards the NHL for all three of these players. All right, that's your Friday edition of Flyers Daily. I want to thank everybody for listening. I want to tell everybody to stay healthy. Also, if you could leave us a rating and review, that helps uh, other fans find this podcast, and uh, we always appreciate it as well. And make sure you subscribe as well. Everybody have a great weekend. Stay healthy, and we'll talk to you on Monday. I hold on so nervously to me and my drink. I wish it was cool in me. So far has not been good It's been shitty And I feel awkward as I should This club has got to be